Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to read to you again Revelation chapter 21 so it's fresh in our minds. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this and I will be their God and they will be my children. Let's pray. Gracious Father, show us the glory of the wonderful inheritance that you've secured for all your children and fill us to walk in the power of your saving love with our eyes firmly fixed on our crucified and risen Saviour who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. It's been a busy uh, 10 days or so. We hopped off, uh, or I hopped off a plane with my family just on Friday afternoon after being at General Pastors Conference in Adelaide, followed by a live 175 years, uh, a big worship service at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre, attended by some 5,000 plus uh, Lutheran Christians who all seemed very happy to be there, which was wonderful as well. And Alive 175 was the beginning of general convention that happens once every three years and the church gathered to discuss significant and many quite difficult issues and so you'll find that over the uh, coming weeks and months and even years I'm going to be making more comments, we're going to be teaching into uh, the disagreements in our church and the things that are kind of hot topics, hot potatoes but uh, it can't just be something for pastors in pastors' conference or for an elected delegate. I actually want our parish to be educated and to know what's happening in our church. And so as we come to the prayer of the church later on, I'll just, uh, you'll notice in the prayers I'm praying for things that have happened uh, at, at Synod recently. Now, before General Convention started, there'd been, uh, Pastor Jew had been preaching on Revelation chapter 1. I don't know, I can't recall what you've heard here, but did you hear Pastor Jew preaching on Revelation chapter 1? Yeah. And then I know I preached on Revelation chapter 5 and God uh, talking about Father, Son and Holy Spirit and particularly emphasising Jesus who lives and reigns uh, in the very throne room of God and is powerful to save. And then last week, if you gathered, when you gathered, uh, the, one of the readings was Revelation chapter 7 and talking about uh, being robed in white and being washed and cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. And today what happens is we're at Revelation 21 
And Revelation chapter 21 carries right throughout it this wonderful, beautiful theme of newness. Newness, being new. There's two words in the New Testament for new. One of them has to do with being young and uh, not around very long in terms of being new. And the other word, which can also be translated as new, has to do with quality, the quality of something. And we'll keep that in mind as we think about a new heaven and a new earth. But for now, I think the picture represents that we're a bit fascinated with all things new. Uh, Maybe because everything seems to go out of date so quickly. It goes at an amazing pace. Kids uh, in Melbourne where I'm from, my, my nephew can't even use last year's textbooks. They've got to use current ones and the reason for that is they're not paper anymore. They've got to download them through an iTunes account onto their iPad. Oh, textbooks are on iPads now. You don't actually, well, I'm sure they still have books, thanks be to God, uh, but things are on iPads. Fashions change, haircuts change. Praise the Lord, none of us have a haircut like that fella. But uh, I know during the 80s you would have wanted to trim off these terrible rat tails that hung down the back of my head and this long, long hair at the front. I know my dad wanted to cut it off me. He hated it. But fads change, fashions change, haircuts change. We make fun of 80s mullets and stuff like that too, don't we? Everything kind of changes. What about cosmetics? And I know it's a risky business, so I'm not going to go too far there, but cosmetics are there because we want to kind of keep looking new. We want to look new. We want to look uh, young and so we we put things on and we decorate, but I'm not going to go any further than that. It's too dangerous. But just so that you know too, that actually many men are wearing makeup too now. Did you know that? Men are wearing makeup too. Not this man, but uh, there are men wearing makeup. The issue is when you mine down deep, deeper than just what's on these pictures, right? When you really mine down, the reason we're so fascinated with the new is because every human being has a deep need for eternity. They actually have a deep need for eternity. We sense ourselves fading away, don't we? We sense ourselves fading away. We see ourselves sagging. We see ourselves wrinkling. We see ourselves decaying and that is not natural. That is not natural. And so we want to stay new. And so we buy new clothes and we go on new diets and we take bigger holidays that are going to refresh and rejuvenate us even more. We get back to exercise. But really when you think about it, so much of it is just putting off the inevitable, isn't it? It's just putting off the inevitable. We need to face that. We all know we're falling apart. I know I'm falling apart and if you want to know why, it's because at General Convention and Synod with people who hadn't seen me for two or three years, how many people commented on how grey my hair has become? I'm serious. You go, wow, you're really going grey there, Vaughan. And I'm like, yeah, well, I know. I'm not even 40 yet, just so that you know that. The place in Revelation that we arrive at today in chapter 21. It's all about newness but the thing is it's the culmination of the grace upon grace that you have all received and that I have received as legitimate, chosen and adopted children of God. It's the culmination of all those promises 
And the splendour and the beauty of this vision of complete newness and joy is a gift of God to people who are living in the real world with real circumstances, often hard, often difficult circumstances. People who are anticipating and hoping and praying for the life of the world to come. You do that, don't you? Anticipating, hoping, praying for the life of the world to come. But let me clarify something. That means that if it's the things of this world that really float your boat, that really satisfy you, that really fulfil all your dreams, keep you warm at night, give you a, a really strong sense of security and make you happy, then you may not batter an eyelid at the vision of Revelation chapter 21. But if you know what it is to struggle, if you know what it feels like to be falling apart, be wanting to maybe put on a little bit of makeup, do a bit of exercise, if you've lived through pain and disappointment, if you've sobbed in the face of death, if you've struggled and are willing to admit your own sinfulness, a bit like Paul in Romans chapter 7 where he says, these things that I don't want to do, this, this I do and I do not do what I want to do. He's frustrated. If you know that frustration of living as a saint and sinner simultaneously at the same time and being caught up in that, then Revelation chapter 21 will taste like the sweetest honey that you will ever, ever know. The world needs to hear the gospel message proclaimed so powerfully in Revelation. You and I need to hear this message. John received this revelation from the Lord in order to comfort people going through terrible, terrible persecution and suffering. And issues arise in the church if you read this book of Revelation and you hear all the talk about the future, if you hear all the talk about the newness, if you hear all the talk about the glory and you're thinking to yourself, it's certainly interesting, it's very fascinating, it's even spectacular, but I don't find it particularly practical for me. Well, where's God at work doing this in my life? That's a problem because that is exactly what it pictures. You are a part of this picture of Revelation 21. It is immensely, intensely practical to every one of your lives and to mine. Grab a hold of this and you can face anything. That might sound a bit out there. Grab a hold of this and you can face anything. But that was the intent of John and Jesus to the original audience. It's true for you today. So if you find yourself thinking, you know, I've been thrown to the lions at work or I've been thrown to the dogs in some kind of situation that you're facing and struggling with, Praise the Lord that they're figurative lions and figurative dogs because the people who were the original recipients of Revelation were subject to real lions, real dogs, real wild beasts and they grabbed a hold of this and they were able to face that. Grab a hold of this message of Revelation 21, of Revelation and you can face anything. I don't know if you'll be able to see this picture. I quickly took it while I was at General Convention. A bit hard to see maybe. 
That's Larissa Helbig, the uh, President's assistant down there. This is up on the screen and the people who were presenting, his name was Shay Matna. He's from uh, uh, Victoria, I think. He was presenting on behalf of Australian Lutheran World Service. This is a sign in Africa. What you need to know is, I'll read it first, you are in a different country now and you are welcome. There's peace and security here. This is your home. Those words are spoken to African people at a Lutheran-run refugee camp where people travel literally hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of kilometres to get there. You know the stories, you've heard them, of people in Africa who are being intensely persecuted, killed, shot at, cut up. They're just atrocities okay, that are happening to these people and they're, flee, they're fleeing. And as they flee these hundreds, sometimes thousands of kilometres, they arrive at this Lutheran-run refugee camp and this is the sign that greets them. People say to them, people who are so weary and battle-beaten, You are in a different country now and you are welcome. There's peace and security here. This is your home. We actually had the privilege of meeting some of those people at General Convention. They actually fill churches uh, in the Victorian district. They are in East Gippsland. They're with Pastor Matt Anker uh, at Shepparton and growing and as I, was, as I was waiting at General Convention, I was part of the procession, so we were all robed up and, uh, and these beautiful people were in a room and they were preparing for worship. We were sitting there, standing in the line, talking, waiting to go out into the convention centre and then all of a sudden these drum beats started and the dancing started and the singing started and kids and young adults and parents and elderly were clapping their hands, singing in their language, and it was just glorious praise. It was wonderful. I couldn't help but just be so curious and just stand and listen to these people. Because when they arrived at the refugee camp, and that was the sign that uh, was there to greet them, there were two main uh, medical issues facing these people. The first issue was gunshot wounds because they'd been shot in their journeys and the second were really severe headaches in young children because of the gunfire that had been going on around them during their journey. So the things that the nurses have to treat are gunshot wounds and severe headaches in little children. That's the first thing that they treat. So you can imagine, actually I think we can't, I think that we can't possibly imagine the relief of those children because we haven't lived through that. I think we probably can't possibly imagine the power of those words to every single person who has either witnessed the loss of loved ones along the way on their journey or suffered through the loss. I think we probably can't possibly imagine the relief of each person who has experienced nothing less than a highly contended war zone their whole journey through but to be greeted with that sign. You are in a different country now and you are welcome. There's peace and security here. 
this is your home. And that is, they worship as if that is the very word of the Lord to them, spoken to them as they come out of this battle zone into some peace. And it's like Jesus is saying to them, you're here now, you're safe, I'm going to look after you through, this, through these Lutherans at this camp. Come, relax, there's peace here for you now. Come and they worship like that. And I think it kind of pointed me to Revelation 21 as I sat there and I thought that's kind of what, what happens. It's kind of like the sign that Jesus holds up to us today as people who have been through the intensity of uh, a, a spiritual battle who are weary, who know disappointment hanging around our necks and and the hurts that continue to trigger us in our lives. And here's here's like a signpost in Revelation 21 for people who are just a bit beat up, who feel like they're fading away, wrinkling up, decaying. And here is Jesus Christ calling you through the Gospel, holding up the sign of a vision of the hope that awaits all who repent and believe in his name. And what's so wonderful is the quality of what we see and hear with our ears. This is beyond all human reason and strength in such a way that it could only be of God. It could only be of God. It takes that signpost and it, and it just improves it manifoldly as only God ever could. And so as you've listened to Revelation 21, I've read it to you twice today, I wonder if you noticed what wasn't, what isn't present in the new heaven and the new earth as you sit here today as people who live in the real world and who have real struggles going on in your life. What wasn't present in the new heaven and the new earth? Well, the first thing is there is no gunfire there because there are no weapons And that means that because there are no weapons, there will be no bombs placed in the streets to detonate and kill people. There will be no regrets. There are no disappointments. There are no hurts or people wandering around with bad consciences. There are no accusations or condemnations. There is no unemployment. There are no financial struggles. There are no children with severe headaches. There's no one yelling or screaming at others. There's no crying. Friends, there is no cancer. There is no more tears or suffering of any kind. There is no more evil because evil has been dealt with and is in the lake of burning fire and brimstone. Instead, today, the Lord holds out to you and says, Behold, a city filled with the redeemed children of God in perfect union with God. See yourself in that picture, please. See yourself in that city. And it's not just a city that descends, it was a holy city. It is, it will be a holy city because the fullness of God's presence dwells in that city and with all who live within it. It's the fulfilment of the name of Jesus, Emmanuel. God is with us, perfectly fulfilled for you in grace and in glory. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. 
He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. It is done. What does that remind you of? It is finished. What Jesus said on the cross on Good Friday. What your Lord has won for you on the cross, He will, which is yours this very moment by faith, He will bring to completion for you. That is the Gospel. This is your inheritance. You will live in His glorious presence forever in a perfect new heaven and earth. You will see the Lord as He truly is. He will give you drink from the streams of heaven that shine as crystal going out from the throne of God and of the Lamb. You will drink from that crystal fountain. You will drink from that. And your thirst there will be different because you've drunk deeply of the grace of God now. What you will be drinking of and be filled with in heaven is the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord. By His power you are new creations in Christ Jesus. You are a citizen of heaven. That's who you are. That's who God declares you to be in Christ. Cling to that. Cling to that. Grab a hold of that and you can face anything that the world will throw at you. It is yours now and the Alpha and the Omega will bring it to its perfect consummation at just the right time. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come. Amen. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful vision of Revelation 21 of a city, a holy city, coming down from heaven, a new heaven and a new earth, and that we know by faith baptised into Christ Jesus, that we died with him and that we also were raised with him, that that is our inheritance. And we thank you and praise you, Lord, for it. And we pray that if we have been out of your word, that you would draw us back to it and that you would call us back to open it again. Not because we have to, but because we want to fill out what we know is true about us, what you have done for us and secured for us. So we pray that as we open up your word, you would fill us with your Holy Spirit and that you would show us that we are your legitimate children, your chosen children, your adopted children, your redeemed children. And that through your word we would cling to you in all matter of situations and circumstances. Father, into your hands we place our bodies and souls and all things We pray that your holy angel would be with us, that the evil one would not steal this word from us and have no power over us. For we are baptised in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guard your hearts and keep them safe in Christ Jesus. Amen.